Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I do believe that we should give to the Lord our best. Best of our time, the best of our service, the best of our, our resources, whatever it is that we give to the Lord, we should always give our best. And we should give it to the Lord off the top. God, you first, because you're most important, right? How come he gets the first? He's most important. So you should get the first of my time because he's more important than whoever I'm getting ready to go work for. Whatever else I got going on, God, you're first. You're more important than everybody else. Just the first of everything, you should give it to the Lord. You won't regret putting the Lord first in any area of your life. Do you give the Lord your best? You may be familiar with the concept of tithe, giving the Lord the first 10% of your income. But this idea of giving the Lord the first things in life doesn't just apply to our finances. In today's message, Pastor Bill will ask you to carefully examine your life and find where you might not be giving God the first of what you have to offer. The first thing you can offer might be the first few minutes of your day in prayer or the first day of your week at church. God deserves our first. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. We have went to this golf range and... Um, basically, none of us golf, for one. Um, we ain't even good at miniature golf. So, you know, ain't nobody golfer in my family. You, you hitting these balls off your, uh, whatever they call it, when you just blasting balls out. And it was an island, all this water, and then it was a driving range. And then there were some little islands where you could, if you were good, let the ball land. So I told them, I said, anybody could get a ball on the island, give you 20 bucks. And so everybody's trying, they're just whacking balls all left and right. And I'm laughing at him because he ain't won 20 bucks bad. Well, BJ, he gets it. He hits it. He's like, Dad, look, look. He kept telling me, look, every time. And then he hit it, and we all saw it, man. Hit the island. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to be good about my word, you know. So he got 20 bucks. And typically, when they get an allowance or something like that, he'll set aside the Lord's part. You know, he'll say, Mom, Dad, hold this part for church Sunday. And then he put the rest in his pocket and he spends it in a day. You know, he don't know how to save yet. But that particular day, he got 20 bucks. And the next day, it was, uh, they went to some thrift store and he came back. He's like, Dad, oh man, the Lord blessed me, Dad. I got this. He had a TV, you know, some, he had a TV that played VHS tapes because they got a box of VHS tapes, but no VHS players. So he could buy a little TV that played VHS tapes and a few VHSs. And I said, how much do you spend? He said, well, this cost this much. And then, so I spent it all. And he said, oh, man, I spent the Lord's money. He didn't say enough for the Lord, you know. And, uh, you know, this is a lesson. So if you don't take it off the top, that's what happens. You just, it'd be gone. And then you'd be telling the Lord. Or you'd come to church with the change from Starbucks and say, Lord, here, God bless you. You know, so we want to give the Lord our best. You know, for them, they had to give their first fruits, the first from your crops, the best that you got. Bring it to me. Offer it to the Lord. Um, what's the prophetic picture with first fruits? Given to the Lord of the first, given the Lord of the best. I believe it's this. Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection from the grave. There were other people that died and were resurrected, Lazarus being one of them. But there was nobody who died, was resurrected, and never died again. Everybody else that died and was resurrected had to die again. But Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection for you and I, and that he died, resurrected, and he lives forevermore. Um, it's a first fruits uh, for the believer. And so if you're writing notes, you can write down 1 Corinthians 
chapter 15, uh, verses 20 to 23. And I'll read it to you real quick. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 23 says this. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That means died. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. And so, I'm sorry, in verse 23, but each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. And so the believer has this promise, you know, somebody will ask, well, how do you know you're going to live again? How do you know what happens? Um, how can you be so sure that I'm sure because Jesus, I'm sure because he died and he rose from the grave that I'm going to die, but I'm going to live forevermore. Um, that, that death has lost its sting in the life of the believer, that death is not the end. Death is how I enter into the next realm, the next phase. And so for the, for the believer, again, for them, what it meant, first fruits, give God your very best. The first thing off the top to the Lord. Um, that's what it meant for them. Then what did it mean prophetically? It's a picture of what Jesus would be for us. Um, what's it mean for you and I here and now? Two things. One, uh, there should be great comfort in the life of the believer knowing what Jesus, Jesus is the first fruits that for the Christian, we shouldn't fear death. Not that we should be weird. Not that we should have a death wish. Not that we should be sounding like we want to die every day. I'm not saying that we would be like that, but death should, should have lost its sting in the life of the believer. I know that I'm going to live forever. I know that death is how I got it. That's, it's the, if death is the doorway to heaven. I, I got it. In order for me to get to heaven where all my rewards are, where, where, where I get to be in the presence of the Lord, in order for me to get there, I got to pass through death unless I'm again, unless I'm here for the rapture. But for the believer, that's how we got to see it. And in First Thessalonians, as Paul spoke, he said, you guys ought to comfort one another with these words. Right. For the believer, we, 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 we're just passing through. Death is how I get to eternity. And so um, it should minister to us in that way. Second way, as we just look at what it practically first fruits, I do believe that we should give to the Lord our best, best of our time, the best of our service, the best of our, our resources, whatever it is that we give to the Lord, we should always give our best and we should give it to the Lord off the top. God, you first because you're most important. Right. How come he gets the first? He's most important. So he should get the first of my time because he's more important than whoever I'm getting ready to go work for. Whatever else I got going on, God, you're first. You're more important than everybody else. Just the first of everything, we should give it to the Lord. You won't regret putting the Lord first in any area of your life. If you make time to give the Lord the first time of your day, you won't regret having spent time with him first. If you make it a point to give God, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, of all that I am, I got gifts and talents and abilities. I'm going to first slice off what I'm going to offer to you. You first. You won't regret that. And whatever you give to the Lord, you say, God, I'm taking care of you first. And then I'll, I'll let you worry about all the other stuff. You won't regret that either. We usually regret doing the opposite. We usually regret not giving God any time, not making him first. And you find out he don't get to be second or third. He get kicked off. Um, then we regret it. I wish I had to spend more time. I wouldn't make him first. And you won't have to worry about it. Just put him at the top. So um, that's how it comes down for you and I. And I, I, this is something I wrote down. I said, is it, it is possible that when we don't honor God with our first fruits, and I should have mentioned this, that this feast of the first fruits was at the very beginning of the harvest. So the harvest time just kicked off and it's the very first piece of harvest. I'm like, here, God, give it to you. And I, is it possible 
that when we don't honor God with the first fruits in the beginning of harvest time, that we cut our own harvest short. Um, I don't know. I wonder for them if they would have said first fruits came and they're like, mm, no, I'm going to do it yet. Did the harvest get short? Did God cut it out? When you say, I don't have time for the Lord first thing in the day. Does your day just run ragged and you don't have time for nothing? You don't have time for things that you're supposed to do. Um, when you don't make him first, is it possible that you end up getting cut out anyway? So I would challenge anybody here that would say, you know, my timetable is a little off. To put the Lord back on top in every area of your life, time, your talent, your treasure and all areas that you would make him number one. The last one we're going to look at is the Feast of Weeks, uh, verses 15 through 21. And then we're going to close. And this is the, the Feast of Weeks or what we would call Pentecost. So 15 to 21, it says, and you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf uh, of the wave offering, seven, seven Sabbaths um, shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves of two tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They, sh they are the first fruits to the Lord. And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year without blemish, one young bull and two rams, and they shall be burnt. They shall be as a burnt offering to the Lord with their grain offering and their drink offerings and offering made by fire for a sweet aroma. Then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats as a sin offering two male lambs of the first year as a sacrifice of a peace offering. The priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits as a wave offering before the Lord with the two lambs. They shall be holy to the Lord for the priests. And you shall proclaim on the same day that it is a holy convocation to you. You shall do no customary work on it. It shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. And so this is the Feast of Weeks. Feast of, again, we call it, it actually means, if you look up the word, it means uh, 50 weeks or 50th. Um, and it's what we call the, the, the Feast of Pentecost. So what it meant for them then, they had 50 days after Passover Sabbath. It was a harvest festival. They were thanking God for the beginning of the wheat harvest, the first fruits of the wheat, along with burnt offerings, new grain, a drink offering, a peace offering were all offered up to the Lord. So it was a, another celebratory time. Um, Pentecost, they were, they were honoring God 50 week, I mean, 50 days after, after the Passover Sabbath, they were honoring God with all the things that he had blessed them with. And Jew, a Jewish tradition, most of us believe that it was on this feast. It was on the day of Pentecost that the law, that it was on this day, this, this 50th day when Moses came down with the law. Anybody know when Moses came down with the law, what happened? Anybody remember? What happened to a whole gang of people? Huh? Right? So when Moses came down with the law, for you guys don't remember, he had left Aaron down the hill. And when Moses went up and was with the Lord, you know, for 40 days, he was there getting the law, the finger of God. And, and with the Lord, Aaron was down there and the people got restless. They said, man, he's not coming back. We want a God like everybody else got. And Aaron said, all right, 
everybody bring me your gold earrings. Everybody bring Aaron was a, a jacked up leader. You know, he should have never been there. I, I'm mad at Aaron anyway. But Aaron said, bring me your gold. Bring me all your stuff. And he, he took the gold and he melted it down. And he made it into a calf. And everybody was dancing around the, this golden calf naked. They were partying. Hey! You know, and Moses come out. 40 that he'd been in the presence of God. He'd been in, in just a holy place. And he come out and step out and look down there. And all the people are just cutting up. They tearing up. They 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 dancing around this 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 idol. And Moses said, "What is what happened?" You know, if Aaron said, "Man, it's crazy." We put the gold in, and calf came out. Lie, you know. He made that calf. He made. And, it, and this is what Aaron did too. He said he made the calf and said, "You guys, this is who brought us out of Egypt." I'm surprised God didn't just smite him on the spot, but that's what happened. And so Moses threw the commandments down. He broke the tablets and. God dealt with them that day. Um, he went out and said, you know, who's going to be with me? Who's coming? Who wants to stay over there? Anybody know how many people died? How many people died? Anybody know? There, there was great numbers of deaths that, that went forth at that time. People died. It's been said this, though, because as we look at Pentecost, right, we're going to come to the New Testament day of Pentecost. As you flip backwards and look at the Old Testament story, um, on the day that the law came down, um, there was deaths. Um, three three thousand people died. As you come to the day of Pentecost in the Book of Acts, chapter two of the New Testament, on on this day where it's, it's acknowledged on this day, not the day the law came, three thousand died. This other the, the day that the Spirit fell, three thousand saved. And many people look at those two as as just in comparison. You know, the the law brought death. What it brought. Spirit brings life. The scripture says that the the uh, the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse six. And so for them, then it was a feast. It was a day, 50 days, um, 50 days after the Passover Sabbath. There was this harvest festival and they were honoring God with everything that they had, all the things that had been given forth. Um, again, Jew Jewish tradition says that on this day, um, this is the day that the, the, the law came. This Sorry. That this is the day that Moses received the law uh, on the on this day on that particular day of the year, not the first time that the law, um, not the first time that they celebrated it, but on that particular day of the year on on a fiftieth. Um, prophetically, what does it point towards? Um, it, it points towards to as I look at it and I look at Pentecost and what it symbolizes. We know that when the law came, the law brought death ultimately. Um, that's why you know you talk to people today and it's like, hey. You know, what do you live? I live my life by the Ten Commandments. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't live your life. But no, you can't live your life by the Ten Commandments. You, the, the Ten Commandments came to show you that you can't. And anybody that demands it, that believes that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do these things and live, you're going to die. Right? It doesn't bring life. It brings death. The goal of the commandments was to show you and I that, man, I need God. I won't make it without the Lord. I can't keep a law. I can't, I can't bring life to myself. The law brought death. But the spirit brings life. And uh, we'll pick back up here next week. But as the spirit fell uh, on the day of Pentecost and Peter preached, 3,000 people went from death to life, um, came into relationship with the Lord. So um, the, the translation, what is it for you and I? And um, two, two things again, uh, I believe just like we looked at the Feast of First Fruits, 
They were commanded on this Pentecost time. It was another time to celebrate God's faithfulness, what God had done, how God had provided. And they were giving to the Lord um, all these different ways of worshiping. We, we went over these feasts earlier and I didn't want to be redundant and go over each one. But there were different offerings that they were giving to the Lord and they were honoring. Each one was honor God uh, for different aspects of who he was and what he had done for them. If you notice um, in Acts chapter two, when it begins, it says when the day of Pentecost had had um, we read it so I don't mess it up. And Acts chapter two, verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were there with one accord in one place. Why were they all there? Because that was what they had to do. The, the reason all those Jews were in that one place at that one time, because God had called them way back then. So I want you guys to come together at this time every year and I want you to commemorate. I want you to remember. I want you to worship me. I want you to. And God had them there. And as he had them there on that day in Acts chapter two. God said, this is the day I choose to, 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 to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And the spirit of God fell upon people and they spoke with other tongues and people heard them praising God in their own languages. And they said, you know, made them ask questions. How come? What, what are you saying? How do they how do these people being from this area be able to speak our language from this area? Are they drunk? Are they this? Are they that? Peter, someone that God had called long ago, told him he'd be a fisher of men. He had his ups and downs. Peter stood up and said, I, I know what's happening here, guys. This is exactly what the Bible says in Joel, that God was going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And he preached a message, a very, Acts chapter 2, a hardcore message. He didn't, he didn't pull any punches. Peter let them know who they were. He gave a little bit of Israel's history. Let them know that they had rejected the Lord, that they had crucified the Lord. He gave it to them. Bam, bam, bam. And they, they were cut to the heart. They said, what do we got to do to be saved? And he told them, 3,000 people saved. Boom. And that's really where the church it's, 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 it didn't begin, but that's that's where it blew up and it started going forth from there. So what do we gather from that? Um, I, I do think it's very important that rather than becoming legalistic people, very legal law, don't, don't, do, do, don't, don't, do, do, that we be people that are liberated by the spirit. I don't think if we're walking in the spirit that we're going to we're going to we're going to mess up. We're going to be sinning we're going to be blowing it but some people live over here their walk with god and it's just very it's, de it's dead there's no life it just it just quenches it kills we, we're doing a bible club at inglewood high and my heart broke i'm talking to some of these kids that go to whack churches i had a girl standing there uh not this week but a week two weeks ago said that she had want to give her life to the lord and she's trying to walk with the lord and she was really excited we're having a bible club on the campus and i'm just hearing a girl that say man i want to know how to walk with god and she said, you know, what? I was, um, she said, can you tell me what do you have to do to get baptized? Because I went to my church and I told him I want to get baptized. And she said the pastor told her that he could see the sin in her still and that she wasn't ready for baptism. And I said, well, is there something you're doing at church? Is there a way you're behaving? She's like, no, I've been there since I was this age. I'm walking with the Lord. She's like, I sit there with my mom. We're just sitting there. I just went up and asked. And he said, no, you're not ready yet. And he said, I'll let you know. Basically, I'll tell you when I think you're ready to be baptized. And she's like, well, what do you need to see? What do I have to see? He said, I can't tell you. You just have to wait. And I'm like, man, can you give me the address of that church? So I'm going to slap him and I'll baptize you. I didn't say that, but I just couldn't believe. I'm like, it just seems so legal. I mean, if you're doing something wrong, tell her so she can repent of it and, and, and follow the Lord. But don't tell her. I'm not going to tell you what I see, but I see sin. I'm not going to tell you what the sin is. But I'm not going to let you get baptized either. I'm like, and so I'm just hearing stories like this and my heart's breaking for these kids. Just what they're, what they're undergoing, what they're dealing with um, in their places of 
you know, where they are going for the kids that do go somewhere, you know. So um, we want to be careful that we don't become people that are so legal, um, that we're leaning on the law, that we've we, we got to follow all the law. But we're not under the law. We're under grace. Um, and it's different, right? I'm not trying to follow a set of rules so I can be right with God. God's delivered me from that. I'm already right with God because of what Jesus did. So I get to come over here where it says, for me, I'm already right with God. Even though my life is not perfect yet. I'm a work in progress. I don't look perfect. But I'm right with God because the blood of Jesus applied to my life. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I got the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm there. Now, I'm responding to the finished work. God, because you forgave me. Because you loved me. Because you died. Because you cleansed me. Because you washed me. I just want to walk with you in, in, in a way that pleases you. I want to bless you. Um, I know I'm not earning it. I know I've never make up for all the forgiveness that you already gave. But I, at least over here, I'm saying, according to the grace and by your spirit, Lord, I want to bless you. I want to please you with my life. I'm saying that this life over here is a lot more liberating and it pleases the Lord more. It pleases God when we understand that the work has been done and that we're not working for favor. We understand grace. that God's given me favor that I didn't deserve. So I'm responding to the grace of God. This is where God wants us to be. Because when you're over here and you're just responding to his goodness and responding to his grace, even when you're doing really, really good, just be humble about it. Can't be proud. By, his, by God's grace that I haven't fallen back into this. It's by God's grace that I haven't. And, 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 and you also begin to see other people with grace. You understand grace for you. You understand what God's done for you and you, you can deal with other people based on what, what you understand. But you come over here and you're trying to keep laws that you can't keep and you're failing, you'll be like the Pharisees in the Bible. They couldn't keep the laws they were putting on other people. Jesus said this, you guys put burdens on other people's backs that you, you yourselves can't carry. And you'll be over here miserable yourself making other people miserable. And we don't want to be that. Who want to be miserable making other people miserable? I don't. I want to be over here. Forgiven, saved, no, I'm going to heaven, no, I'm, no, I'm a work in progress, no, I'm not perfect on the exterior, but know that God has made me perfect in him. And understand what he's done, thankful for the work of his spirit and seeking to just respond to the goodness, the grace of God. That's where he wants us to be. So um, my encouragement to all of us here uh, as we look at these different feasts and different things, uh, just two things I would pull out from all that we looked at. One, I, 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 what I gather from all the feasts is this. God's saying, I don't want you to forget what I did for you. Rather, it's that I blessed you with stuff. Rather, it's that I passed over dead. I didn't let your kids die. I don't want you guys forgetting. And then we come to the New Testament. God said, I want you to take communion. And as often as you do it, you do it to remember for me. I just want you guys to remember who I am and what I've done. And so I'm encouraging us as believers that we would, we would seek to keep the Lord right here. That, that you wouldn't forget his goodness. And that's why we do the Bible reading every day. It just keeps it fresh. God will speak to you today. Fresh. New manner. He'll remind you of some facet of who he is every day as you spend time in the word. But you got to do it. He's not going to make you do it. God's not going to wake you up. You got to wake up yourself and say, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord and his word. He's made all these feast days for them way back then so they would remember. Remember I did this. Remember I did that. Remember I blessed you with that. Remember you got that for me. Remember I, I forgave you over there. Remember I passed over that over there and I want y'all to remember. Well, he wants you and I to remember too. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God don't want me to forget what he did for me because as soon as I forget what he did for me, I'll start thinking I did it for myself and I'll start living wrong. But guys, I want you to remember what I did for you. And so I encourage you guys, spend some time, spend time with the Lord daily. Make, make it a habit. Figure out how to figure out how to fit it. It, it. it don't even sound right to say figure out how to fit God into your life. He should be everything. Figure out 
how after you've had your time with the Lord, you fit everything else that you got to do. But you need to make time to spend time with the Lord every day. We need it. It's not something we do. It's not it's not this. It's not like ketchup. It's not like something extra, you know, to make my day a little better. It's, it's I need it. It's, the, it's my very substance. I need time with God personally every day. Prayer word. I need God to speak to me. I need to share my heart with the Lord. I need his help to walk with him every day. And so I encourage you guys that, that God wants us to, to remember. He wants us to have him right here, that we wouldn't forget who he is and what he's done. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Thanks for tuning in. Leviticus is often a book that gets overlooked and misjudged. Though it seems to be full of meaningless and insignificant rules, nothing can be further from the truth. All of Scripture is so important to understanding not only your faith, but also the heart of God. When God created the Ten Commandments, they weren't meant to control. They were meant to help guide. God desires for all His children to understand that life in Him can be full and rich. And that's all God wants for you too. But He won't force you to live in Him or live by His guidance. You get to choose it. What a gift! If you're looking to dive deeper into Leviticus or other scriptures, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the Word of God on a daily basis. Look on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Leviticus. But before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything. We hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. We look forward to you joining Pastor Bill again next time, right here on A Transforming Word.